0: Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 45th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests for this episode include Brandon Lang. We'll be talking March Madness picks. We'll also talk with actor and musician Eric Balfour about the new Netflix series Country Comfort that premieres tomorrow. Musician and singer from Exile, Marlon Hargis will be here sharing some news of four Exile albums going to be released tomorrow. We'll also visit with actor Leonardo Nam about the new movie Phobias, which is available tomorrow. And our last guest will be Jake Crane of the podcast, The JB Show. We'll be talking March Madness as well. Of course, if you would, please take the time to drop a like, subscribe, comment, leave some feedback, and of course, share with your friends. Well, it is time to start taking more breaks at work. And I mean a lot more breaks. A new study from North Carolina State University found you'll have more energy and actually be better at your job if you start taking a lot of micro breaks, which are each just around five minutes long. Quote, it's in a company's best interest to give employees autonomy in terms of taking micro breaks when they're needed. So start taking lots of five minute breaks and if you get called out by your boss, Just say you're slacking off for the company. It's great to have our good friend back on the line. Of course, the host of the Sports Betting Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Good friend of ours, Brandon Lang on the line. And first off, Brandon, good to visit with you, brother. How are you, my man? Doing well, doing well. And uh, man, live March Madness upon us. And uh, it it seems like it's been an eternity, Brandon.
1: Yeah, it's funny. You you, you look at last year at this time, and and it was just... uh it was as if a nuclear bomb had fallen and it's the aftermath of what do you do with, with no sports and to have a year later, to have gotten through a season and to have had a season football and college pro basketball and, and to have this tournament back. It's, you know, I've done this for 30 years and I make no bones about it. This tournament is what I love most handicapping college basketball, having spent the college basketball season, watching these smaller conferences, uh, releasing plays out of these smaller conferences and then getting into the tournament. Um, years ago, I had George Mason in their run to the final four. A few years ago, Oregon, their run to the final four. I had uh, Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean in their run to the final four. So I think I got a couple of teams that I think can make similar runs. And, and I, I said yesterday on a show that when you have no fans, the atmosphere for these kids playing basketball is more of a pickup basketball atmosphere. So when you're in a pickup game, there's no fans. It's just the players watching the players play. So there's more of a relaxed vibe than a 60,000 people in arena, people yelling and screaming. So, so players tend to play looser. And when players tend to play looser, you get upsets. And I think this of uh, this year, more than any other, I believe we're going to have underdogs barking throughout this entire year tournament. So with that being said, um, I am really high on Ohio university plus seven and a half over Virginia. If people have not paid attention to the Ohio Bobcats out of the Mac conference, uh, they won the Mac championship, got their automatic bid. But the third game of the season, they rolled into a team called Illinois, which is the number one seed. Um, they rolled in there and, and literally, Stood toe-to-toe, had a one-point lead with seven seconds to go at Illinois. And then Illinois got a foul call with two seconds to go, hit two free throws and one by one. Uh, this team's led by a guard and, and Jamie Preston, who is unbelievable. Um, they're, they're they're a really, really good basketball team. Virginia's been in, in COVID protocol all week long. They haven't practiced. They get to Indianapolis uh, tomorrow. They can't practice their first practice till 7.15 Saturday morning, which means they have to then play Saturday night. Too much to ask. Love, Ohio. Let's go. Uh, let's go to tonight. Tonight, I think Wichita State, and Michigan State, are solid plays there. Friday, Oregon State. They're they're just like I don't know if they can make the Final Four, but just like Oregon a few years back that that, that won the Pac-12 tournament. Um, they played Oregon the last game of the regular season at Oregon State and got blown out. Turn around four days later and beat them in the Pac-12 tournament. Beat Colorado, punched their ticket to the Big Dance. Getting seven and a half against a Tennessee team. I just think Oregon State plus the points. And then I talked about Ohio. Illinois is laying 22 and a half against Drexel. Drexel is a mirror image of Ohio. A great guard in Cam Winter. Two bigs who can play with their back to the basket. Spot up three-point shooters. You watch Drexel plus 22 and a half stand toe-to-toe with Illinois all day long. Let's get into Saturday. Um, I talked about Ohio. Um, Keep an eye on number 12 seed, uh, Cal Santa Barbara, uh, plus the seven and a half over Creighton. Um, But my George Mason, my Loyola Chicago, my Oregon Ducks, just like Oregon, which was a 12 seed and won the Pac-12 tournament and got to the final four. My 12 seed Georgetown, plus five over Colorado, is rocking and rolling to the final four. The most impressive thing about Georgetown and the job Patrick Huey's done there, he had nine new players. And it took, it took time for him to get his team where he wanted them. And they are peaking right now. And here's here's the kicker. When you're playing your fourth game in four days, you've got to be a little tired. It's hard to, to get down and get gritty on defense when you're playing your fourth straight day. They held number five seed Creighton to 42 points in the championship game and blew them out by almost 30. This is a dangerous team right now. As far as my bracket is concerned, all my handicappers at BrandonLang.com did a bracket, my bracket, people in OKC, you're going to be happy to know. I have Oklahoma State going to the Final Four, playing a rematch with Baylor on that side of the bracket. I have Gonzaga against my Georgetown Hoyas on the other side of the bracket. And I just believe that we're going to get a rematch of what I feel are the two best teams in college basketball, Gonzaga and Baylor. And I have Gonzaga winning the national championship but um, I do I, I did like Oklahoma over Missouri but now your second leading scores out I don't know about that but overall ride Georgetown ride Ohio ride Drexel and ride Oregon State and you should have first two rounds taken care of uh, Friday Saturday
0: and, and uh, hopefully for whoever the Georgetown opponent is also the uh, the security will recognize Patrick Ewing whenever he shows up to coach right
1: that's that's a great story, by the way. You're checking my badge. You want to check my badge? Check my jersey up in the rafters of the arena. Um, wow. Unbelievable story.
0: Uh, well, Brandon, of course, if folks want more information, brandonlane.com and uh, the, the, the podcast uh, coming up this weekend as well.
1: It's already uh, already already on there. Already, already on the Believe Podcast Network. It's already on there. Already ready to roll. Uh, Good stuff as always.
0: And uh, knock on wood, uh, let me crush this tournament like I normally do. There you go. Well, Brandon, always great to visit with you, brother. I hope you have a successful weekend and look forward to talking uh, again real soon.
1: Got it. Thank you, brother.
0: Well, I guess you can file this under what goes around comes around as a 21-year-old guy in Maryland named Shamari Reed was driving around with a friend in a stolen SUV last week, and they decided to do a good deed for a change. Well, They spotted a random guy on the side of the road changing a flat, so they pulled over and offered to help. But then, while they were helping him, the guy jumped into the SUV and tried to steal their already stolen car. He threw it in reverse and tried to drive off, but he slammed into a curb and got stuck. Now the flat-tire guy is 19-year-old Tykel Wilson. He ended up pulling a gun on them, but they were in the woods before the cops got there. Well, it turned out that the car that he'd been driving was also stolen, and both men had active warrants out. Now they're each facing fresh charges to glow along with the old ones. You've seen him on the big screen, you've seen him on the small screen. Got a new Netflix series to talk about, Country Comfort, and uh, Eric Balfour on the line with us. And first off, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Now, Eric, tell us, uh, having a new series out there, especially in the midst of uh, what everybody else has been going through, I mean, how cool is it to have some new work out there for folks to check out?
2: Oh, uh, man, it's so good. I mean, it's it's for me, it's sort of, I mean, doubly... Uh, is that a word? Doubly good. I don't even know if that's a word. But this this show is honestly, it's my dream. It's my dream show. You know, I I grew up um, a musician, and music was my first love. So to get to be on a show that combines music and comedy and heart, it, it, it honestly, it's just a dream come true. I'm, I'm I'm really excited for everyone to see the show.
0: Yeah, and uh, speaking, of, some folks may not know the the music that you've got in your background as well. Has that kind of helped you keep, maintain a bit of uh, sanity over these last twelve months?
2: Um, yeah, you know, I, it, it was interesting. You know, the last few years, I hadn't really gotten to play as much music as as I as I would have liked to, um, because I was busy, you know, being an actor. Um, and then when my son was born uh, two and a half years ago. It, it was something that I, I I started like you know really picking back up because i i wanted I wanted that to be part of his life, so you know really quickly I started you know playing songs for him on guitar and 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 i and it, it sort of reignited my my love for playing music in some ways um and recently like now we've gotten into a thing where every night um we sing him two songs in his crib before he goes to bed and now and now he's sort of and he what, the, the song recently has been um Elton John your song. And so um he 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 now calls it, you know, my song. And so uh, you know, right before we go to sleep he's like, Your song, your song. I'm like, You want me to sing your song? He's like, No, my song And I'm like, Okay, okay, okay. So and that we sing that in Twinkle Twinkle, Little Stars. yeah, you know, I don't I, I don't know what it is. Um I was like, Come on, you that's that's the one you really want. <laughs> 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 kind of, kind of, yeah, he's like But they love it. I don't know what it is. They, they, he
3: loves that song.
0: Now, Eric, did uh, the time off? Did you get to spend some extra time? What were maybe some of the some of the things that you were focusing on on your craft as you had some some extra time to to maybe dabble, if you will?
2: You know, honestly, the, the, the during the pandemic, I was I was really focused on on my son um, until I went back to work. Um, you know, we started shooting um, Country Comfort again back in. I want to say like September um but up until then from like March to September I was really it was all about spending time with my son cuz I, I didn't you know there was it's there's very few um opportunities that that you know people have to really just spend that much time all day with their kids and for a lot of people like that's just not an option you know you got to get up you got to go to work so I really you know sort of took advantage of that opportunity and, and I spent most of my time with him. And then in September, we went back to work for a few months, um, to finish up shooting the episodes of the show. Um, but yeah, for me, it was, it was sort of a, a, kind of a breather from, you know, the, the, the entertainment industry is so, is so, um, strange at times, you know, there is, you know, it's not like other jobs where, you know, you, you're rewarded for hard work. You know, you one day you're, one day you're in demand, one day you're not. And so, you know, taking a break from it in a weird way was really was really kind of cathartic and helpful. It was like I got to, you know, step away from the anxiety of of and, and stress of like the rejection and all the things that come with, you know, being in the entertainment industry. So. Now, having,
0: awesome. having the break and then coming back in, I mean, did it take a little bit to kind of get that uh, camaraderie and all the feel back? Or was it, I, I know I've talked to some other, just like riding a, riding a bike, a couple, couple of spins and you were back at it?
2: Yeah, honestly, like, the, it, you know, the, the first, everyone was so excited just to get back to work. There was like, there was sort of, everyone had like this, you know, kind of adrenaline rush just to be back on set and be back working. So there was that element, but yeah, definitely, I would say there was definitely like the first couple episodes it took to sort of get your bearings back and get your rhythm back. And especially for me, I haven't had the opportunity to do that much comedy, especially like this is like, this is a straight up sitcom, <laughs> half hour, you know, people laughing in the audience kind of comedy. I hadn't gotten an opportunity to do a lot of that. so. I definitely. I mean, I was nervous. I, I was so. I wanted to be good so bad. And I was so excited to be a part of the show, um, that I think. Um, the, <laughs> I think I probably wasn't that good because I was so nervous over the first couple episodes. But it it, finally, it got there eventually.
0: Now, when you first came back to set the first day, what was the thing that you realized that you had missed the most?
2: Oh, be, you know, being in scenes with other actors. You know. You know. Finding. You know. Bouncing um, that energy off of, of, of off another actor and, and especially the cast that we had. I mean, Catherine, Catherine McStee is so effing good on the show. It, people are going to be blown away. Um, and the kids, the kids are all so fun to be around. I mean, the show is about, you know, Catherine plays a musician who, who gets a job as a nanny taking care of this musical family. And the kids are so talented and so funny and so, you know, they're just freaking adorable every single one um even ricardo he's you know he's i mean he's a little he's not really a kid he's he's, he's almost he's almost a, he's a young man but um they're all adorable even ricardo's adorable um but yeah so that was i would say that that was the you know the, the thing i missed the most was just getting to perform with other actors
0: and again, the new series on Netflix, Country Comfort. And uh, I want to make sure also uh, to, to make sure Eric and let folks know where they can keep up with not only the series, upcoming music, and everything else you got going social media-wise as well. Yeah,
2: you can follow me uh, on Instagram and on Twitter at, at Eric Balfour. Um, it's pretty simple. It's just at my name. And uh, yeah, there's going to be a bunch. We're going to post a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff from the show. Premieres March 19th. Um, on Netflix, please, please, please
0: watch it. (laughs) That's right. Well, Eric, it's been great to visit with you this morning. I look forward to the new series and hopefully catching up again real soon, my friend.
2: All right. Thank you, sir.
0: Now, so many people have had real problems during the past year, but not everyone. Some people's biggest problems have been these. A new survey asked people what first world problems they've had during the pandemic and here are the top 10. Number one, bad weather when you want to go for a walk. Number two, your glasses fogging up when you have a mask on. Number three, not being able to hear or understand people when they talk with a mask on. Number four, waking up and not being sure what day it is. Number five, your package is arriving late. Number six, someone else didn't change the toilet paper roll when they used it up. Number seven, figuring out what to eat for every meal. Number eight, not being able to wear most of the clothes in your closet. Number nine, long delays when you get food delivered. And number 10, Netflix freezing or taking a long time to load. Always great to visit when you have a chance to visit with some of your friends in the industry, especially when they got some uh, some more exciting news to talk about. And you know him from Exile, our good friend Marlon Hargis. And first off, Marlon, thank you so much again for taking the time.
3: Yeah, I man, it's always good to talk to you. It's uh, always a pleasure. We, we seem to uh, run across each other every few months or so, which is good, <laughs> you know, because at least we've hopefully got something to talk about. So, That's uh, right. <laughs> again, yeah, yeah, good to visit with you again.
0: Now, Marlon, talking about uh, the news to share, I know we've got some more albums uh, to talk about, and, and how excited are you about the new release of some of those previous works we've talked about?
3: Extremely excited. I, I, what you're referring to is something that will actually be announced tomorrow, so we're we're getting a little bit of a head start, is, is we, <laughs> we we have a, a, a deal with Time Live, uh, and they're going to be... Uh, distributing four of our, you know, previous albums and we're really excited about that because obviously uh, you know, I go back when I say I I go back with listening to Time Life, uh their promo, you know, telecast and all their ads for years. So uh so we're we're very excited and uh so we we've got four different albums that will be uh uh, for distribution tomorrow through, through all the channels, which half of them I don't even understand what they're doing, now, but, <laughs> but, but but all all the di- all the digital platforms they'll, they'll be available on uh, everything that's possible. <laughs> that's where they'll be available at.
0: <laughs> and, and Marlon, to see the feedback of the of the music still going on to new generations and, and the younger audience. I mean, how cool is that to know that that music that you guys had uh, came up with. Is still being played like uh, like new music to a new generation.
3: Well, it, it feels really good, and, and uh, uh, of course, you know songs like "Kiss You All Over," for example. I mean, that those are songs that they seem to go from generation to generation. Um, I think one thing is that that song in particular, and some of our others, appear in a lot of movies and uh, TV series and stuff. So. They, you know, the the that song in particular, it's it seems to just never go away, and, and that's <laughs> that's a, that's a good thing uh, because you know we're we're one of those lucky bands that's had what what I call a career record, you know, that just keeps keeps going, and and not a lot not a lot of acts, you know, not everyone has those, so uh, we're we're very lucky, and uh, it's always fun to see younger. You know, young, kid, and it's a young kids and middle-aged kids and teenagers come to our show, and uh, frankly, a lot of them will come up after the show and say, you know, we we didn't really know too much about who you were. Our, our parents brought us, but, but we really like what you're doing. So uh, that's, a, that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> and and to be able to work and be friends as long as you guys have, I mean, what what's the trick there, Marlon?
3: Well, I I think the whole secret—it's it, very simple—is is that we actually just enjoy being on stage playing. Uh, after, I mean, I can't think of any particular time that I have dreaded going on stage. I always look forward to it, and I, I think all the guys are the same. Unless one of us has to be sick or something, you know, I'm not feeling well, but which doesn't happen very often, thankfully. But uh, I think that's the secret. We we uh, we generally get along. Uh, you know, after all these years, we, you know, we each kind of have our own lives. We, do, we don't obviously hang out when we're not working, you know, it, but once we get back together, we enjoy seeing each other and we have a good time together. And that, that's very lucky, I think.
0: I know that you're also involved helping new artists along as well and what's that when did you get involved in in that process and and how important is it for you to to help others that are trying to continue uh, the musical industry
3: well i know a couple of guys in particular uh Sonny and jtp they they actually do a lot of producing of younger acts and uh and the rest and now uh, steve also steve Getsman, he he's still he was a, he was a manager for a few years back in the nineties and a managed max. And he actually is kind of consulting on some, uh, some younger acts here and there. And, and I mean, to to me, it's just, it's just common sense and common courtesy. I mean, at this point, you know, the music business, it's not a competition. I mean, you know, we don't look at other as so it just makes sense to, to want to help other young artists. And, um, you know there were well there's two ways of looking at it in in a way there were artists that helped us along the way I, I think on the other hand maybe there maybe there weren't so so we we know the struggle sometimes but uh i know when we switched over to the country format uh there were a number of established artists who who befriended us and and helped us and you know, we're just kind of wanting to pass pass it on to you know, con- continue that attitude of helping out because, as I say, it, it's not the business. The show show business should not be a competition. Sometimes, unfortunately, it is, but it shouldn't be. So you know, we just we just want to basically be nice and be helpful as much as we can. <laughs>
0: and that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, Marlon, has, whenever you guys moved from one genre to the other, was it that much different in in the pop and, and rock genre as opposed to country as far as acceptance and, and the uh, competition like you were talking about?
3: Well, to my mind, I, I, don't, I don't know if, if each of us might have a different perspective. To, to my mind, we didn't have... You know, a lot of pushback, uh, and frankly, we didn't change our sound that much because we always sort of—I think to me—we have it's more of an R and B sound, uh, more than more than pop, or maybe more than pure country. And um, when we changed to country music, also country music was changing at that time. And uh, you know, groups like Alabama, you know, which had, had hits with our songs, and uh, and the Oak Ridge Boys and the Gallons you know, things were, were getting more, I wouldn't say pop, but the, the, the whole, the whole field was changing. Uh, and there were people, uh, we always mentioned Buck Owens in particular. Buck was a big, uh, proponent of us. He was very helpful. Ra- Ralph Emory was a huge fan of ours and, and, you know, had him on and we, we were on uh, Nashville now a lot. So, and of course, Buddy Killen being our producer. So, we did have a lot of help and 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 maybe I hadn't thought about it, but maybe that's why we try to at least be be somewhat helpful to to younger writers too, because you know we we couldn't have made it without. Well, we—I don't know if we could or not, but but it was a lot. It was a lot of it was a lot of easier with their help. Let me put it that way to, the, to be accepted.
0: That's right. And and when you look back and, and you drop names like like Ralph and and others like that that you've been able to build friendships with over the the, the length of your career. I mean, what does that right. mean to you personally as well?
3: Well, it means a lot. I mean, you know, you 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 think back. You know, we we came in the, to the country field in in the early. 80s and and I and you uh, know we talked to each other sometime about of all the legendary people we've we've been able to sort of hang out with through the years you know and get to know and and like Buck and Roy and and uh, and all all the people on the Opry through the years and people like Ralph and then you know people like Chet I mean we've met him a few times so you, you know it, it, those legendary people it 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 kind of makes you you really. Appreciate it when you sit down and think of all the all the people you've been at, been lucky enough to be around. Uh Dottie West was another person who sort of took us under a wing, was a great friend. Uh Kenny, Roger. So yeah, it was it was a very cool time period in country music and we, we I think we were all lucky to be a part of it at, at that time, you know.
0: That's right. And, uh, again, Marlon, I want to make sure and let everybody know the uh, the, the Time Life uh, release coming up tomorrow. Is that right?
3: That's right. Uh, there will be a, a big uh, news release, and and they'll be uh, doing a lot of press on it. <clears throat> and, as I say, there, there are four of our products they'll be releasing. And, uh, to me, an interesting thing is a couple of those products haven't been available for a while. There, there's a, an EP called People Get Ready that we – had hadn't been selling for a few years uh another uh CD called Live at the Franklin Theater uh that we hadn't been promoting for a few years so there's uh, and then we also have the Exile Hits and uh the Garage Tape so uh those will be available for people who had maybe hadn't been able to find them for a few years so we're we're very happy about that and then uh also when later on in the Christmas season we'll be re-releasing our, our Christmas CD maybe with a couple of changes but obviously that's going to be a few months down the road but much uh, <laughs> you can't plan ahead too far you
0: know you can never plan ahead too far <laughs> exactly exactly well, well Marlon when you talked about the the albums you talk about the live performances whenever you hear those do you still get that same feel of, of actually being there on personally yourself
3: oh uh, <laughs> You know, I'll have to admit something. I, I don't listen to her albums that much <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I was you know I was there. Uh, but well, I tell you what though is it, it's interesting. Maybe maybe after not listening to them for a few years and going back and listening to them again, it, it does give you kind of a fresh perspective. And uh, yeah, you you think you, you do think back to. You know, being on stage and maybe seeing and some of the people in the audience and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm being a little facetious, but it it does bring back some uh, some good memories. And I I think that particular CD, I think it captured, you know, the Franklin Theater is a great venue, and it was packed that night. And we we were actually filming it too. So there was a there was a sort of a a lot of a what I call electricity in the air that night. And, uh, and I think, I think it captured it pretty well. So, uh, so, I, so, I, you know, something I'll have to go back and listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> you'll
0: have to, you'll have to give me the, 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 rundown next time we visit.
3: Yeah. Cause I probably forgot some of the stuff <laughs> I played on. It.
0: <laughs> now, when you knew that the lights, the, the cameras, the recording and all that stuff was going, did it make you guys really bring your a game or did you make, did it maybe make the butterflies kick up a bit for you?
3: Uh, I think in our case, I mean, let's face it, so we've we've been doing this a long time. Uh, I don't think anybody was particularly nervous, but but I, it does sort of make you so, as you said, bring your A game and be on your toes. I mean, you you realize that it's an important uh, event, but I don't think you also have to sort of not be. So nervous that you sort of tighten up and don't give your best performance, so uh it it was it, it was a special night and and it's to say we we not to pat ourselves on the back too much but we we have been doing this long enough we i think we all know how to deal with those kind of nights i mean without without getting you know it, it's it's not that we take them lightly, but you don't you don't want to get too nervous to the point where it affects your performance in a bad way so uh so you just learn how to deal with it i
0: think that's right well marlin it is uh it's always great to visit with you always like to get a little bit of, a little bit of new insight from you and also now i gave you a little bit of homework for our next visit
3: yeah i'll have to go back and listen to that again <laughs> and uh, also uh cameron i want to point out uh we have already got quite a few tour dates you know things, things seem to be opening up a little bit around the country and actually actually starting next month we have a couple of shows and then i think by july we actually start to get pretty busy uh you know a lot of out, outdoor shows and uh and fairs and festivals coming up so uh everyone if if i can do a little promo here or our, our, our website is exile.biz uh, biz and that's where we have all our our uh, dates listed Um uh, Also, our Facebook page, which is, is exile band official. That's all one word, exile band official. We list all our dates and, uh, post stuff almost every day. And there'll be a big uh, press release tomorrow about the time life. So anyone interested in, and you know, it's, we're really looking forward to getting out there because that it was really, it was really hard not to work last year. Not so much the monetary thing, but just not being around our fans. You know, we we miss working. So. We're really looking forward to getting back out there and seeing everybody
0: again. Well, we look forward to seeing you uh, in in person as well, Marlon. We always like to catch up on the phone, but the the face-to-face always better, my friend.
3: Absolutely, Cameron. It's always good to talk to you, buddy.
0: All right. Well, Marlon Hargis of Exile. Check him out, like he said, online at exile.biz. Marlon, look forward to talking to you again real soon.
3: All right. Talk to you soon, bud. See you.
0: Now you hear a lot of people rage quitting jobs. You don't usually hear about a company raging over someone quitting, and then getting revenge on them, like this story. Well, a guy named Andreas Flayton gave his two weeks notice back in November at Walker Luxury Auto Works in Peachtree City, Georgia, and he says the owner was so upset he put his hands on his head, walked out, and disappeared for an hour. But the company still owed Andreas $915, and they never sent it to him. He wound up calling the Georgia Department of Labor to complain, and the company finally delivered his paycheck on Friday by dumping 500 pounds of pennies covered in oil on his driveway. There was also a note that said, F you. Andreas said he quit the job because it was a toxic work environment, and apparently this really backs it up. He shoveled the pennies into his garage and he's working on cleaning the oil off so we can go cash him in. Got a brand new movie that is uh, on demand and on digital coming up tomorrow called Phobias. Leonardo Nam on the line with us and first off Leonardo I appreciate you taking some time.
4: Thanks man. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk to you today.
3: Hello, hello.
0: Now, tell us a little bit about uh, the the movie phobias and how m- much different it is leading up to a, a release day this time around as opposed to times before for you.
4: Yeah, man. Well, wow. What what uh, interesting times we're in. Um, so the film itself uh, is is about five dangerous patients that are suffering from an extreme form of phobias of some kind, and we're inside of a government testing facility and. Uh, essentially, we're under the supervision of this doctor, which we find out is uh, a crazed doctor, uh, and his quest to weaponize fear. And so what they do is essentially they transform the, the fear that we have into, um, into some sort of a gas, and then, um, and then hit, they, this doc- doctor is trying to use that gas or that kind of fear uh, and transform that fear into a way to weaponize it against others. Um, and so the film itself is really interesting in that um, the genre is horror and thriller, but they, they structured it uh, so that it's five separate um, anthologies, kind of a film, five separate stories within one film. And so uh, each, each segment has its own um, name. And so mine is Robophobia, which is the fear of robots and AI. And uh, then there's veophobia, which is the fear of driving. There's fibophobia, which is the fear of youth and teenagers. The hoplophobia, uh, which is fear of guns and firearms. And atelophobia, which is the fear of intersection. Um, and you've got, you've got these fantastic writers and directors that are combined together and working with the producers of uh, Radio Silence or the Scream franchise. And um, I think everyone's going to be up for like a wild, crazy ride this weekend. Uh, when they tune into phobias, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and Leonardo, I mean, how much different is your expect your excitement leading up to to the weekend and, uh, and and having something new out there? I should say finally.
4: Oh, you know, I you know, it's a, it's definitely this this is the new world. This is the way they're doing things, you know, and um, and I am all for everyone being safe, and I'm all for. Um, everyone having a great time, and so this is a fantastic opportunity to to um, either watch with with. I, I would suggest that you watch this with someone because it's a bit of a crazy ride. Um, but uh, you know the pre- you know, premieres and and um, things like that have really kind of taken a turn. Um, so you know now this is this is what a premiere looks like now, sitting on in front of my computer at home. <laughs> And, um, you know, celebrating the film this way, you know, I'm, I'm happy to celebrate the film in whichever way that we can so that people can get out there and watch it. And, you know, I'm so lucky to be in an industry that is still alive and thriving, um, the entertainment industry. I love to entertain people. And so I hope that during these, these times that, that are so weird, um, that we're at home, that uh, people have something that they can, you know, kind of escape from. Um, and so, and think about uh, their lives and 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 what's happening in the world. Um, so, so you know, similarly, last week I had a film uh, on Netflix that premiered. Uh, it's called Yesterday with Jennifer Garner, and you know it was a, they did a really cute, um, inventive way to to premiere the film. They you know gave me a red carpet essentially, and I popped it up in my backyard. <laughs> 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 and, and did a photo shoot that way, and actually I did it with my kids because it's a very much a kid-friendly show, uh, movie. Um, and they dressed me up, and, you know, we had a great time doing that. And then, you know, in Phobias uh, this week, um, it's essentially the polar opposite of a family-friendly film. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm celebrating uh, the premiere of the film, uh, doing some really interesting and creative uh, ways of, of promoting um, the film. And, you know, part of, part of the fun of a premiere is also uh, the promotion of the film. Mm-hmm. I love to talk about it because I'm very really proud of the work that we've done with the people that worked on this film uh, and the subject matter, really, that we're talking about. Um, and so one of the things that I wanted to, to kind of highlight, and I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity to do that, is, you know, at the beginning of my segment, um, uh, and we filmed this about two years ago, um, my character is the subject of, um uh, a racial attack and uh, that's kind of how the film starts and then my character goes on and um, uh, you know essentially goes from a passive role into a lead into a uh, leading man role uh, and then uh, kind of you know with allies that, that I that I find at this government facility then you know really find a way to to, to um, escape um, and it, it was a super fun uh, project to work on but you know I wanted to highlight the uh, the concept that you know, in the work that we do, like we never know how it's going to be received and the timeliness of it. And so, when the director and I, Joe Still, who's also Asian, uh, had sat down and talked about the script that he'd written, you know, it, it really was. Um, you know, I personally didn't have to go far to um, to dig uh, deep into whether I had been uh, the subject of a uh, racial attack. And so. Um, and neither did he, but we, we were like, we, people don't talk about this and, you know, people don't know that this is happening. And then to see jump, you know, a year and a half or, you know, two years to now and to see where we're at. I'm, I'm also so grateful that we have a medium and the industry that we do, um, so that people can, um, at least we can highlight these situations and have conversations about it with your brother and your sisters, you know, your neighbors. Um, and I hope that people do.
0: That's right. And Leonardo, too, I know that you've got to take great pride in the opportunity because art uh, get, allows us the opportunity to get that conversation started. And hats off to you guys for that and and letting your heart go ahead and lead you with it as well.
4: Yeah, man. Thank you. I so appreciate that. You know, um, when words fail us, art speaks louder than words. And so I, I hope that people are able to, to see um, and enjoy the film, but also take pause and um and also at the same time, I hope that people are, are reaching out to their friends and to their family or their neighbors and, um, you know, just saying, hey, I'm with you, you know, standing in solidarity. So um, one, of the, one of the things that I just wanted to highlight right now is that, you know, we, we can talk about the negatives, about what, what's happened, but, you know, really I want to focus on the positives. And, and the positives are that you see these people and these organizations that are reaching out cross-culturally that possibly would never have you know, really had a direct line between each other, but now they do, and it's been so incredible to see uh, the spirit of the people come out together and um, and to, to support uh, these communities. And by communities, I don't only mean the Asian and the Asian American communities, but I mean the American community as a whole uh, and the diaspora that, that that contains. And I'm so grateful to each and every person and organization that's gone out there and helped, um, not only now, but even previously to now, um, because I, I really believe that if you if you can't give with money, you give with time. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, organizations of people that are walking people home from the subways um, that are really helping out each other, and um, so kudos to them.
0: That's right, and uh, time is uh, a little more costly than money sometimes, too, isn't it?
4: Yeah, indeed it is, indeed it is, you know, and but all of it helps and all of it counts, uh, especially when... When you're on the receiving end of needing help, um, having someone and, and people show up for you like that really is like a godsend. And, um, so I, I encourage everyone to, to continue to do that. You know, even on my Instagram, uh, which is just Leonardo underscore Nam, you can go there and you can find uh, different ways to um, to help um, if you feel like um, you, you would like to. Um, that, that opportunity and availability is there. Everyone can now.
0: That's right. And again, the new film available on demand and digital tomorrow, Phobias. And Leonardo, I know you talked about uh, the Instagram. If folks want to find more information about the movie and, uh, and yourself, what's the, what's the best place?
4: Uh, yeah, so uh, on my Instagram, which is Leonardo underscore NAMM, um, you'll, you'll find all the information for the film up there. Um, and, or you can just rent the movie uh, March 19th on iTunes or Amazon or everywhere you can, uh, you can rent films
0: that's right well Leonardo it has been great to visit with you this morning I wish you continued success have a great uh, premiere tomorrow and uh, look forward to catching up again real soon thanks man I'll talk to you soon now guys I'm proud to say that my March Madness bracket isn't busted yet probably because the tournament hasn't started yet as of taping but still have a perfect bracket now, almost 40 million Americans are going to fill out a bracket this year, and that's according to the American Gaming Association, which tracks this stuff. Now, Here are five quick stats on the first NCAA tournament in two years. Number one, 37 million Americans will fill out the bracket this year. That's down about 8% from 2019, but I guess up 100% from last year. Number two, interest in the tournament is, in general, is up slightly. 26% of people say they're extremely interested or very interested in watching. Two years ago, it was 23%. Number 3. 42% of college basketball fans say they've followed games more closely this year. Number 4. 47 million of us will bet on March Madness in one way or the other. That includes things like brackets and also traditional bets. And number five, 31 million people will bet on the games. Just under 18 million will bet online. Eight million will go to a sports book, and a lot of people, well, they just bet with friends. So who do gamblers expect to win it all this year? Well, the top three teams they're betting on are Gonzaga, Florida State, and Baylor. Our final guest on the podcast today, Jake Crane of the J-Boy Show, and first off, Jake, I appreciate you taking some time. I'm looking forward to talking March Madness.
5: Hey, definitely. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, In my opinion, uh, March Madness is the greatest postseason sporting event on the planet. I'm just really glad we have it back and uh, excited to talk about it.
0: Now, Jake, is the excitement tamed a little bit because it's uh, only the Hoosiers that get to see it live?
5: (laughs) You know, I I think since we didn't have it last year, I I don't think it's going to affect it. To be honest with you, I think it makes it a lot easier for the coaches. Uh, You know, you don't have to travel, don't have to do that. The guys can rest more. Uh, You kind of get into a routine. You know where you're practicing. You know, and again, even if you're having to travel, you know, 30 miles or 100 miles, it's nothing like going from one region all the way across the country to the other, having to get ready, get used to your surroundings, and kind of keep, you know, rinsing and repeating that process. So I don't think it's going to tame the excitement. I think we're actually going to get some better quality balls.
0: Now the the J Boy Show is it hard for you to get that excitement that you have for March Madness? Say in uh, in some of the down times of the of the year. Um, you know, I would say yes, but again,
5: I just keep going back to uh, you know people. You don't realize how much you love something or like something until it's really taken away from you. Uh, and I think just the thought of getting to March and look, I know there's been bumps along the way. Uh, you look at Georgia Tech, Moses Wright, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. You find out today he's not going to be able to go uh, against Loyola. So you're going to have some crazy stuff. But uh, again, I think that people just want to be able to watch that Cinderella team and and you know kind of sneak away from work a little bit to uh, watch that first round and try to get back to some sense of normalcy.
0: Now, do you, the the play-in games that are going on uh, today. Uh some names that you don't expect to see in the play-in games if you will. And uh Jake, what do you think do you think any of the play-in teams have opportunities to move a couple of rounds after a victory in the first?
5: Yeah, you know, I I think if Michigan State gets past UCLA, I've actually picked them to beat BYU uh in a couple brackets because again, you get you've got to play a game. Uh, before and kind of get a little lathered up and get used to it. And that's a real thing. And, you know, it's such a, talk about a crazy year with not only what, with everything else that's going on, but if I would have told you that in 2021, neither Duke nor Kentucky will make the NCAA tournament and Michigan state and UCLA are having to play a play in game to get in the NCAA tournament. They would have put me in the loony bin about as fast (laughs) as possible and in a straight jacket. And look, I know UCLA hasn't been great lately, Uh, But again, just the the tradition of that school, uh, you know, when you look at them and then Michigan State with Tom Izzo, how crazy is it that John Calipari, Tom Izzo, uh, and Mike Krzyzewski aren't even dancing this year? They're just sitting down and watching.
0: It's it's an, uh, well, it's just, uh, it wraps up the last 12 months that we've had, Jake.
5: It does. It does. It. Uh, I guess what do they call that a microcosm.
0: <laughs> I don't call it that. I, some people may. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jake, what's the uh, what's the opening matchup uh, of the day today that you see being the? Mo- is it that UCLA Michigan State game? Is that the one that you've got the star next to?
5: Yeah, it is. Uh, obviously, you know, you look at the player, just uh, the capabilities of theirs on both sides, and it's a fist fight. Uh, you know, I'm one of those people that believe the tournament doesn't start until the play-in games are done, because, you know, the term play-in, I think, pretty much ends that. But I tell you what, Drake is a sneaky team, uh, but I'd love to see Wichita State end up matching with Kansas uh, if they can get by there after the play-in game, the first round, uh, if they can win that one. But I think that UCLA-Michigan State game is one I'm really excited to watch tonight. And, you know, it really kicks everything off and just want to get through it. Let's get through these. Let's get to the tournament tomorrow and have some fun.
0: Now Jake what do you think is going to be the, the the biggest hardship mentally for the teams preparing uh like I said it's it's different everything we've done though over the last 12 months is different than anything we've we've seen before but do you think mental preparation means more this time around
5: You know it's always huge I, I coached college football for 9 years five at the division 1 level and just you know I don't think people And basketball is a little bit different, but people don't really understand the amount of preparation that goes into a game. And now you're having to jam that, you know, in between games in the tournament. But I think the biggest problem that people are going to have is just, and I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. We don't get political on my show, Uh, but you know, the bubble, the players have to stay in one spot. They're quarantined. You can't go around a lot of guys before games like to walk around. Shoot. I did it when I was playing, when I was coaching, You know, walk outside the hotel, just kind of free your mind, uh, you know, see the sky, get some air. And now you're kind of stuck in this one place, just kind of waiting. And what do you do when you're stuck in one place? You just think and you think and you think and you think. And and for most part, that can be good. You try and play the game in your head. But if it goes on too long, then other stuff starts creeping in and you start overthinking it. And that's when, you know, you get your paralysis by analysis. So I think that that's going to be the biggest hardship.
0: Now, we talked about some of the games today. What are maybe the first round games? Are there a couple of those that really stick out for you? I I think personally for me, and uh, Brandon talked about this earlier, is Georgetown coming in on a roll that I think none of us really expected, right?
5: No, they're hot. And, and, you know, I'm a firm believer in this. Everybody's going to be picking Georgetown, not just because of what they did, but that 12-5. We always know the 12-5 goes down at least some point. But I tell you what, Colorado's sitting back, and they're hearing all this. They're being told that they're going to get beat in the first round. Now, they lost to Oregon State in the uh, Pac-12 championship game uh, and and didn't play very well, but it's amazing what a loss does motivationally, and you're hearing people tell you that you're going to get beat in the first round, and Colorado's not a bad team, and those kids are going to be pissed off, and I expect them to show up, uh, play unbelievably hard, and I'm going to kind of go against the grain. I think Colorado's going to beat Georgetown, but You know, I go back to something I mentioned earlier. Georgia Tech losing Moses Wright. And we found out last night, it broke last night, uh, for at least this first-round game and probably the second round. I had them beating Illinois in the second round. I think Georgia Tech's playing about as good as anybody. If you watch what they did to Florida State, you know, they basically ran them off the court defensively. I love Alvarado, what he does. I still think they beat Loyola. Uh, That's a matchup I'm looking forward to. But uh, I tell you, one that that is kind of scary a little bit, Ohio and Virginia. I think Virginia is going to squeak by, but Ohio, they lost to Illinois by two. They can play at different paces. And then Winthrop and Villanova, you know, Villanova down They're two best players. Gillespie went down recently. Unfortunately, Winthrop is going to run, 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 run. Uh, would not be surprised if they pulled the upset there. And I'm just, you know, I, I'm always excited to see who's going to win a game that they shouldn't, you know, is UNC Greensboro going to beat Florida state or, or something like that. But Really, my last one is everybody keeps talking about LSU and Michigan in the second round. Well, LSU better beat St. Bonaventure because the Bonnies play a great style of basketball. They're very connected, their chemistry is really good. And I think LSU, if they're overlooking St. Bonaventure, even as good as they played in the SEC tournament, Cam Thomas is a walking bucket. But uh, if they overlook St. Bonaventure, they could be in a fist fight. They're a one point favorite.
0: You can never overlook the Bonnies.
5: No, no, never, never. Especially if more than the two of them are wearing headbands, you better get ready.
0: <laughs> and Jake, I got, I've got to ask about a couple of our state schools, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I know OU in a uh, a tight matchup, it looks like, uh, with Missouri. And then OSU, uh, kind of like we mentioned with Georgetown, On a, I mean, they are one of the hotter teams out there as well, Cade Cunningham. Mm.
5: Yeah, Cade Cunningham is a witch of the highest order. Uh, I tell people, I don't think he's a freshman. I think he spent a year at Hogwarts. But, you know, when when I watch, uh, uh, I tell you what, I'll say this. And and I talk about LSU overlooking people. Liberty knows how to win in the tournament. Oklahoma State, I believe, is an eight-point favorite. Liberty has done this before. They believe that they can win. They have veteran guards. And I'm going to tell you this. Oklahoma better win because I've kicked them to win in every single one of my brackets. Missouri, Jeremiah Tillman's kind of fallen off a cliff. I think Oklahoma's going to out-athlete them. They have to play well, uh, but I need OU to come through for me. I think Oklahoma State is going to have a nice run in the tournament. I actually got them going to the Elite Eight. Uh, and, uh, you know, Oklahoma, I got them. That's a tough second-round matchup with the Zags, but right. uh, I think they get through Missouri.
0: All right. Well, Jake, if uh, if folks want to find more information about all you've got going on, obviously the uh, the JB show and uh, others as well, where's the, where's the best place to keep up with with all of that?
5: Definitely. Well, we talk all three major sports. I mean, we've had guests like Paul Feinbaum, Hugh Freeze, uh, multiple head coaches in basketball and football, Bruce Pearl, and we talk a little bit of everything. No politics, uh, just straight ball. Uh, you can find us on our YouTube channel. It's brand new. It's the J-Boy Show, T-H-E space, J-B-O-Y space, S-H-O-W. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We release content every day. Uh, we're going to try and outwork everybody, and our slogan is win the water cooler. And I will say this, we've got a bracket challenge that is free to enter if you go uh, on the ESPN app or ESPN.com. It's the J-Boy Bracket Challenge. Like I said, free to enter. First place gets $100 of merchandise. Second place, you get $50. Third place gets a set of steak knives. And fourth
0: place, you're fired. <laughs> I've heard that too many times, Jake.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, about, that's about the joke I can go to. So I, uh, I really appreciate you having me on, and, and I really encourage everybody to check it out. Uh, We enjoy doing it. We love doing it. And we're very passionate about it.
0: All right. Well, Jake Crane, we appreciate your time and uh, look forward. We're going to have to catch up again real soon, brother.
5: Hey, you just let me know, man. I'd love to hop on. You guys do a fantastic job. Love y'all's podcast. And uh, just give me a shout whenever.
0: Well, thanks again for joining me for this 45th episode in season two of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, or anything else you'd like to know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook all at GQ with Cam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, you can click over to the shop at gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. We've got hats, we've got accessories, we've even got aprons. Check it out. And if you have a special guest idea, email me gqwithcam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to our good friend Brandon Allen for coming up with the music for Good Questions with Cameron Dole. We're going to let him play us out and hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. Join me tomorrow for episode 46.